29 years ago today, I graduated from United States Marine Corps boot camp out of Paris Island, South Carolina, as the honor man from Platoon 3028. Not only did I get that prestigious award, unknowingly actually, until that morning when my Staff Sergeant, what the heck is his name? Du Bois, Staff Sergeant Du Bois, said, come with me. And he brought me over to this seamstress to do some things to my, uh, my, my dress uniform and said, you know, I've been selected for uh, honor man. Had no idea there was even such a thing, but I had been the guide for the remaining half of the three months of, of boot camp. And uh, it was pretty cool. Like it was something that I didn't know was even available and was honored to be chosen for that. And how did that come about? In essence, I just did my best, like in boot camp. I'm trying to reflect back 29 years ago. I remember stepping off the bus, getting into Paris Island. The drill instructors get on the bus, start screaming. They have no idea what's what's going on. And they're just screaming to get outside and stand on the yellow footprints. And you're getting out there and you're standing on the yellow footprints and they're yelling and it's just, it's just pure chaos. And it's a blur for a few days because I'm not sure how much sleep I got, but I know there was a lot of paperwork. There was a lot of registration type of uh, stuff happening and it was very intense. Then we were put into a holding platoon and in that holding platoon, that was tough enough. I mean, it was, it was pretty intense, but then we got picked up uh, a few days in by our main platoon, 3028. And if my memory recalls, we had Staff Sergeant Galetko, who was my senior drill instructor. Um, Sergeant Du Bois and Sergeant Torres were my drill instructors. Sergeant Du Bois got promoted to Staff Sergeant about halfway through um, the boot camp three-month experience. And in the beginning, I didn't want anybody's attention. It was already rough enough just getting uh, harassed. Uh, and I found out very quickly that no matter how good I did something, no matter how fast I did something, it wasn't good enough and it wasn't fast enough. I was still a piece of shit, no matter what. And that was a hard thing for me and many others to initially comprehend that that was the rules of engagement. No matter how good you do something, no matter how fast you do it, you're still a piece of shit. No matter what you do, that's just how it is. So it took me a while to figure that game out. Um, but fortunately, I had heard prior to going to boot camp and going to a couple meetings preparing us for boot camp, someone mentioned when they pick you up from the new platoon and you go in there, they're going to ask for volunteers. They're going to ask for volunteers of the house mouse and the scribe and this and that. They're like, when they ask for the, the volunteer for the scribe, raise your hand. And I don't even know how I caught that. It all happened so fast when we got picked up. I heard that, you know, who, who wants to, you know, which, which one of you maggots want to be the, the scribe? And I just heard that, and I remembered them to say, raise your hand. I didn't know what it entailed, but I went with that advice and it ended up being pretty amazing. Now, I will say I'm a left-handed person who has left-handed chicken scratch, and being a scribe probably wasn't optimal for the drill instructors. <laughs> what the scribe does is each evening you go in and you write down on three-by-five cards the uh, agenda for the upcoming day. And while you're in the hut with the drill instructors, you're also hearing stories about the day. So I got to see how it was pretty much a show that most people didn't get to witness. 
So picture this. So most people, I was a scribe behind closed doors with the drill instructors after hours. And I would hear them joking. Did you see that time when so-and-so? And then they would say, Bill, you better not be listening to this. No, sir. Um, it was a clear demonstration for me to see that this was a game. They were, they were playing the role of a drill instructor. And that role was, you know, to be that hard ass for everyone each and every day. But I got to see behind the scenes to see they're real people. You know, they've got families. They've got responsibilities outside of harassing us recruits. And it was kind of a way to see them outside of that role that most people in the platoon did. I also got to get a head start advance notice of what was coming up the next day, which gave me preparation in my mind to have an idea of what we were in for. Because most everyone else, you just go where you're told and you go where you're led. And that's just how it is. So in the beginning, I was just being the scribe and I was just doing when, when I was out there uh, in, in the regular recruit mode, I was doing whatever I was told to do as fast as I could and to the best of my ability as I could. That was it. And, and knowing that no matter how good I do it, did it or how fast I did it, I was still going to get yelled at. And that included running, that included you know, all the, the physical activities that we did, I just gave my all. And there was actually some people in the platoon that cornered me one evening and like, hey, you need to slow down. You're making us look bad. I'm like, look, that's on you. You, I'm not, I'm, I'm giving my all. And if you're not giving your all, I recommend you do so because I'm not going to slow down. So y'all either give more of what you got or face the consequences. And so in the beginning, I was going all in. And about halfway through boot camp, um, just out of nowhere, Beal, you're the new, you're the new guide. Damn it. I didn't want the attention. I didn't want to be the focus because at that particular time it had transitioned from in the first half of the three months of boot camp, when people messed up, the people who messed up paid the price, were were punished. At the halfway point, when the people in the platoon messed up, the guide was the one who got punished. So think about this. There's roughly 68 people at this point, maybe a little over 70. We graduated with 68, I believe. So a little over 70 people at that halfway point. I'm, I'm one of them. So there's one plus uh, you know, 68, 67, somewhere in there. And that's a lot of people. And there's a lot of messing up. I was the one who's getting punished. So I, I had meetings after I did the scribe thing and after the, the drill instructors, you know, put us, uh, you know, to, to sleep, basically, I would get everyone up and say, listen, as long as you're giving me your all, as long as you're giving all that you've got, and if they call you out and, they, and they're going to punish me for whatever you you did, that's cool if you're giving your all. But if I'm getting punished because you aren't giving your all, that's not cool. Like, we're going to have some, some conversations about that. That's not acceptable. I'll take the punishment if you're giving your all. But if you're not, that's, that's not going to happen. That's not going to fly. So anyhow, I rallied people together. I was naive. I was 20 years old and still naive as to biases and, and difficulties and challenges of people with different race, people of different religions, people of different ethnicities, people of different um, uh, financial status. And it was just so crazy to me to see people bickering and arguing, and I had to, to squash a whole bunch of that beef within the platoon. Like, I don't give a shit what beef you had with someone of that ethnicity or that religion or that whatever, but we're here as a team 
in this platoon, and we got to work together as one unit. If the team is, if we're divided as a platoon, we aren't going to succeed. So y'all need to get over that shit, and we need to come together as one. And we did. And in doing so, we won all that can be won by a platoon in boot camp. We won the the rifle range score. Basically, every platoon, uh, they take the cube, the average of each platoon, and we were the highest for the rifle range score. We were the highest for the physical fitness test. We were the highest for the written test. We also won the drill. Um, and, and we won all that you could win because we came together as a team. And now that I look around in what's happening in America and the world over the last couple years, um, which has been seeds planted for decades and generations, we all were born into this war economy. And uh, I now can reflect back 29 years. And in the Marine Corps, they teach you there's two Marines that were the best of the best. You got Chesty Puller and you got Smedley Butler. And, and both of them are absolute amazing Marines. But one of them, after he got out of the Marine Corps, basically went from private to general, Smedley Butler. When he got out in the, in the mid-1930s, he was asked by many corporations to go on a tour to basically promote war. And it, it hit him like a ton of bricks. Like, wait a second. These are the corporations that I thought I was fighting for freedom in these various conflicts and wars I was fighting in, but I was fighting for these corporations. So he went to Congress and told them that uh, these corporations are looking to take over America. And some will say they did. It's been a corporatocracy pretty much since. It was prior to and, and pretty much has been since. So he turned down huge amounts of money to go out campaigning for war. And he actually went out campaigning saying war is a racket. So now I can reflect back when they were talking about Chesty Puller and Smedley Butler. And they're like, well, you know, Two of them were the best Marines ever, but one of them kind of went, went astray after he got out of the Marine Corps. He went astray because his eyes were open. He, he realized he wasn't fighting for freedom. He wasn't fighting for democracy. He was fighting for these corporations. And, you know, I would highly suggest you go to YouTube and type in Smedley Butler, War is a Racket. Uh, and or go to Amazon and get the book War is a Racket. Because it is. And, and, and the similar type of thing that I brought our platoon together to get over all our differences, all of our biases, all of the, the stuff pretty much either families or communities ingrained into people when they were younger to not like certain ethnicities, to not like certain uh, financial status, to not like certain whatever, whatever those differentiating things are, religions and whatnot. When we come together uh, and recognize we're all human, that's when we win. They, they, the corporations who, who promote war in this war economy, want division. They want the us versus them narrative. They want us to be fighting amongst ourselves because we're much easily, much more easily controlled when that's happening. So as I reflect 29 years back and I see how naive I was, I also recognize how driven I was. I recognize how passionate I was. I recognize how, even though I didn't know what I didn't know, I still believed what I believed to a level where I was willing to lay my life down to protect the freedoms of strangers, to protect what the Constitution uh, of the United States uh, and those freedoms and, and liberties that it gives us. I was willing to lay my life down for that. Still am. Um, I would say that um, 
similar to how Smedley Butler realized the corporations were the ones behind the wars, and that's still true today. Um, there's so much lies, deception, corruption that um, the truth is is hard to find. But if you recognize there is no truth in in the media, it's propaganda. It's part of the war economy that we were all born into. It gives you a clearer idea of discerning what the truth might be. And with today's ridiculous uh, level of propaganda, it's really, uh, unless you were there, it's darn near impossible to know the actual truth. So just take everything with a grain of salt and recognize we all are part of the same team, the human race. And fighting amongst ourselves isn't going to get us to the promised land, isn't going to get us to the victory. It's going to get us to much more chaos, much more stress, much more anxiety, much more, more difficulty than is absolutely necessary. But the, the puppet masters know exactly how to push the buttons to create the us versus them narrative. So anyhow, 29 years later, uh, A, still here, didn't think I'd make it to 49. Had no idea of what age uh, I would make it to, but I didn't think I'd make it to, to almost 50. And uh, I'm thankful to still be here, and I, I'm hopeful that I have many more decades left. Uh, the wisdom that comes from the lessons learned over the years and decades uh, definitely has me you know, the, the grayness here has me uh, feeling like it, it's time to start sharing more of the insights of the lessons that I have gained over the, the vast different chapters of my life that I've experienced. And one of them was the Marine Corps, a four-year chapter that uh, gave me experiences and insights that I wouldn't have gotten in any other uh, branch of the military and or any other experience outside of the military. So uh, it's, it's, it's cool to reflect. It's cool to still be here. It's, man, if I, if I could tell my, myself at 20 years old, man, it's just, what, what advice would I give my 20-year graduated from the Marine Corps boot camp as honor man self? Man, be present. Be fully present. Use your discernment. Um, and do what you feel is yours to do with all that you've got. And that's, that's pretty much who I was and what I did at those, at those moments. And, and the reality is there's no right path. There's no wrong path. It's just choosing a path that fits for the moment that you're willing to have the commitment to go all in on. Like, and that, that's how I did it in wrestling. That's how I did it in bicycle freestyling. That's how I did it in various sales roles. That's how I did it in marketing roles. It's like, all right, I'm here. Who do I need to be right now, today, to, to rock it? Like, you know, and what can I do to prepare myself to be the absolute best me that I'm capable of being? And that's, that includes doing the work, right? So for wrestling, for bike riding, that included the practicing. That included the training. Same thing for sales and marketing. That included reading. That included uh, diving into the audios via cassettes, going all the way back to Automobile University and just wearing out tapes. Everywhere I was driving, I was listening to cassettes. Thousands of hours of good information going into my brain. Going to live events, meeting some of the, the best uh, and most 
prestigious experts in the world in their various fields and roles, becoming friends with many of my heroes, um, doing the work, right? And the work isn't, I mean, think about like a gymnast or a, or a kung fu master or a karate master. You don't just watch a movie and show up one day and like, hey, I'm going to enter this competition because I saw that movie and I think I could be a good kung fu fighter too. You do the work, <laughs> right? It takes the same level of commitment and dedication um, as being a black belt in any form of martial arts. Same thing applies to anything that you're passionate about. What and who and how can, can you get from where you are to where you want to be? Like, what's it going to take? It's going to take dedication, commitment, consistency, and just that willingness to do the things that most people aren't. And very soon after uh, following through with that commitment, that consistency, that dedication, pretty soon you're a badass, right? And it, it doesn't happen as fast as, as any of us would like, but it begins by making the choice. It's the old adage of when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago, like 29 years ago, had I planted a tree, that's a great time. The next best time is now. So it doesn't matter where you are when you cross paths with this. Now is the time to make the choice. Where do I want to be one of the absolute best? Where can I get that burning desire that just fires me up and I'm committed to doing whatever it takes for as long as it takes, ethically and honestly, to get from where I am to where I want to be? Explore. If you don't have that burning desire, if you don't have that passion right here, right now, explore until you find it. Because the other advice I'd give myself at 20 years old is you have many chapters to go through, man, and you make it somehow, some way, even when it looks like you're not, you, you pull through and you make it through some very difficult things. Stay strong, stand tall, get clear on where you are, get clear on where you're going and be willing to do what you're to do in each and every moment by being fully present. And if you continue to do that, you wake up 29 years later, right here, right now, and here now, I'm excited for the upcoming 29 years. Think about that. 49. I'll be 50 soon. So 29. I'll be I'll be 79 years old in the same amount of time. Right? And that went like that. 79 years old. If I'm around 29 years from now, this ought to be an interesting journey ahead. What advice would my 79-year-old self tell me now? Similar to what I told my 20-year-old self. Get clear on who you are. Get clear on where you are. Get clear on where you want to go. Find that thing that just gives you the burning desire to make the commitment, to bring the dedication, to bring the consistency, to bring your absolute best each and every day. Do what's yours to do in each moment. Be fully present and watch how the journey unfolds. You got a lot of crazy stuff ahead of you. Get ready. You aren't ready. Just like I tell my 20-year-old self, man, I don't know how you pulled through it, but you did. Same thing. My 79-year-old self would tell me right now, dude, you don't know what's lying ahead, but you've got this. One day, one thought, one step at a time. Get excited. It's going to be one heck of a journey. And that's also pertinent to you. You ready? Let's do this. I'll talk with you soon. Uh, Re reply to this. Give me a comment. What What did you like about this? What resonated for you? What resonated with you? Are you excited for the upcoming 29 years? 
what would you tell yourself of 29 years ago? Let's just round up to 30. What would you tell yourself if you're over 35? What would you tell yourself 30 years ago? What would yourself 30 years from now tell you right here, right now? Get ready. The journey begins. Talk with you soon. Make today great.